We've all heard about haunted houses. Hollywood has created fortunes producing movies which chill us to the bone with bumps in the night and unexplained occurrences. But those are all just made up, right? There aren't really such things as haunted houses, are there? Well, I'm going to tell you the story of one such place right now. All the information presented here is true and accurate, and I should know, because I was there. Welcome to your darkest nightmare. Thank you for joining me on Darkest Nightmare. I'm your host, Grandpappy. There's a place in Arkansas about halfway between the towns of Batesville and Mountain View that was once of great interest to a couple of the stars of the 1960s television hit Bonanza. It's a very isolated piece of real estate in an area pockmarked with limestone caves and natural springs. The two actors who played on the long-running western were both investors in a proposed real estate development that would build a rustic village on the site. This resort was supposed to be a luxury vacation destination in the heavily wooded hills of northern Arkansas, and its name was brandished on a wrought iron entryway above the only road into this location. It was called International Village. Building was begun on the site, and three houses and a large entertainment-slash-community center were completed before it was discovered that the water source for the area was contaminated with sulfur. The sulfur gave the tap water there a smell of rotten eggs. The only clean water available was from a stream that flowed from the mouth of a cave at the end of a winding footpath along a towering bluff face. This water had to be hand-carried in plastic gallon jugs and then boiled before it was potable. With the water supply tainted, the project was scrapped and no further building took place. Due to the extreme isolation of the site and the problem with the sulfur water, the houses on the property were used as rentals at a very affordable rate. Even then, the houses were hard to rent out and rarely were all three houses occupied at any given time. In the winter of 1979, my family sold our home in the small town of Deshay, and we moved into one of the rent houses in what we later came to call the Haunted Village. There were no other people living within several miles in any direction of us, and it was a strange and unsettling place in which to live. And if you've never lived in a rural area where there are no street lights of any kind, 
You don't know what true darkness is when the sun goes down. But we just took it all in stride. The area was situated in a deep valley surrounded by high hills. And as the only television service available at that time was by using an aerial antenna, cable was not yet to be widely available. We were never able to receive television signals. The hills completely blocked TV reception as well as most FM radio signals. We lived in the house for six months. A long time for a teenage boy to go without TV. The house we lived in was unusual in that the main living area was octagonal. It gave the roof a gazebo appearance. It was hard to arrange furniture in the somewhat round room. Another strange feature of the house was that the hallway to the bedrooms was curved, as opposed to the normally straight-running hallways most of us are accustomed to. Due to the curvature of the hallway, the bedroom doors had an unsettling habit of opening or closing without any human intervention. The house was long, with the kitchen and laundry area on one end, and the last bedroom, which was mine on the opposite end. The odd shape of the house, limited fields of view, gave a claustrophobic feel. As I've mentioned, isolation was the order of the day. Even applying to not being able to see other rooms from the room that you were in at the time. There were many odd occurrences that we endured in our time at the haunted village, but I'll relay the two most unsettling to you. The first one happened when my mother and I were alone at the house one Saturday. She was in the kitchen and I was at the opposite end of the house reading a book in my bedroom. My mother was whistling a tune while she worked. I could clearly hear her. This was unusual as my mother had never whistled before that I could recall. I kept reading and she kept whistling for several more minutes, and then my mother called me from the kitchen. I walked through the house to where she was and she asked me what I was doing. I told her I was reading in my bedroom. She asked me what I was whistling while I was reading. I got a cold chill down my spine, and I told her that I hadn't been whistling anything that I thought she had been whistling. She said no, she had not been whistling and didn't even know how to whistle. Needless to say, it freaked us both out. We searched every room in the house to make sure no one was there, but it was just us. The whistling was never explained. second unexplained event took place about a month later. I'd been out on a date and had arrived home about 10 o'clock that night. My mother's car was gone from the carport, but my father's car was there and all the lights in the house were out. I let myself into the house and I could hear my dad snoring in his bedroom. Since there was no TV to watch, I decided just to go to bed. I got undressed and turned off my bedroom light and laid in my bed, but I felt uneasy. 
The house was spooky in the daytime, but at night it was just downright creepy. My bedroom window was the only one that faced any of the other houses there. When I looked out my window in the moonlight, all I could see from the other house was two unlighted windows which looked for all the world like the eyeless sockets of a skull. Yeah, I was getting creeped out all right. But the sound of my dad snoring gave me a little peace of mind because I knew at least I was not alone in that spook house. As I lay in the dark listening to my dad snore, it seemed to me like I was listening to a sound loop repeating over and over. His snoring never changed pitch or timber. I decided to get up and go check on my dad. My parents' bedroom was down the curved hallway on the opposite side as mine. I approached the closed door with nothing but the thought of reassuring myself that my dad was okay and then going back to bed. My dad snored away right up until I opened the door and then the sound suddenly stopped. I opened the bedroom door and it took a second or two for my eyes to adjust to the pitch black room. My parents' bed was empty and had not been slept in. The bed was still made up. My dad was not in the room at all. No one was. It suddenly occurred to me that I was the only living thing in that dark house and my blood ran cold. I ran out the door in my underwear and dove into the car. Thank goodness it started and I drove as fast as I could towards the nearest little town, Locust Grove. I sat and waited at a service station until I saw my parents and my younger brother drive past about 45 minutes later. I drove home behind them and I explained to them why the carport entry door was standing wide open. None of us slept well that night, or any night after that. We were all convinced the house had some kind of negative energy, and that, at least in this case, absence truly did make the heart grow fonder. Soon after that, we moved into the town of Batesville, where there were plenty of streetlights and plenty of potable water. And that has been the extent of my forays into the supernatural, at least so far. And there you have it, friends. I hope you've enjoyed this inaugural episode of Darkest Nightmare. I hope you'll join me for future episodes, which will be coming out very soon. And if you like the show, please tell your friends about it, subscribe to the channel, and I'll see you next time.